Hey everyone, Scott Spate here. Welcome back to the Go Boldly Mastermind podcast. I am truly excited today to connect with Dennis LaRue. Man, it is it has been such an honor just in the few minutes that we've been talking to connect with you, Dennis. And and our our backgrounds are so similar and our our mindsets are so similar. And I think that um there's there's some connection here that I'm looking forward to uh to seeing where this goes today. So welcome to the show, Dennis. Scott, it's a pleasure. It's an honor to be on the show with you. And and the first thing I want to say is thanks for your service to our country. Thank right? you for and, yours. Oh, my pleasure. And so we we got that veteran connection. And Absolutely. Uh, I, I just want to let you know, I appreciate all you do. We may have been in different branches, but you know what? When it all comes down to it, we're purple and work together. Well, appreciate you. And, and, and in the end, I wasn't nearly as smart as you. I chose the Army instead of the Air Force, and, and I've regretted it ever since. Uh, especially at those midnight chows in, in the in the desert when they're cooking up steak and I'm eating, you know, eggs and bacon. So so you you did well. You chose well. But we, we not only have that in common, but we are both John Maxwell certified speakers, leaders and coaches and um, and almost been in almost the same same amount of time. And I've seen a lot of a lot of change in the industry. Um, yeah. So I'd love to start back with what. What drew you to that? Well, you know, John Maxwell was uh, was the biggest influence in my military career. And he helped me go from a good airman to an excellent airman. And reading his books, I didn't, my faith background, you know, I wasn't very trusting of books to read. Uh, my mindset back in the day was, Leadership was secular, and it's not sacred. And I was mm. reading a lot of sacred books. And so I'm thinking, but I read this leadership quote by him, and I wish I could remember it. And it was in one of my military study guides that I had for my promotion. So I read it, and it really sparked my interest. I'm like, I really like this. This makes sense. Who's this Maxwell guy? And I was driving home from work one day from the base, and John Maxwell was just happened to be coming on that radio station doing an interview about one of his 100 books he's written. Yeah. And I listened to the interview and I said, you know what? He's not my ice cream flavor as far as my faith background went. But, you know, I was looking, trust is important to me. I'm looking for somebody to trust. And based off of that yeah. interview, I said, you know what? I can trust him at least with one book. So I went on eBay, bought one of his books. I read it, hooked ever since, and just started to apply them. And so moving forward, applying that at my retirement ceremony, um, my mother-in-law gifted me my certification into the Maxwell leadership team. Wow, what a sh I mean, just blew me away. I mean, think of think of the background most people have with their in-laws, the the stereotypes. And I love my my mother-in-law so much. And that gift has just propelled me forward and um she actually was the one that got me to meet John for the first time before I ever went to certification. She came to my house one Christmas and said, saw all these books I got for Christmas. She goes, you're reading John Maxwell. I go, yeah, mom, have you ever heard of him? She goes, oh yeah, he was just in my town last week at an event. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, mom. We've never talked about this and he's there. And she goes, yeah. She says, matter of fact, he's coming next year. He's already said, so next year I'll fly you out. I couldn't wait. So I flew out there and where I went to, it was in West Texas, out in the middle of nowhere. That's where my mom lived at the time. 
and I'm coming from San Antonio to West Texas. That's a six hour trip. So when I get to this event, I'm the only person outside of West Texas at this event. It's not even a full room. John couldn't fill the room in West Texas that time I was there. And so I got a chance to meet him, shake his hand. I got introduced to him and talked to him for a few minutes. And then he's teaching a lesson for the first time. It was his book, Talent Alone is Never Enough. First time he ever taught it. And I was there in the room. And as he's teaching four times that day, he would share a principle. And then I would say, I looked at my mom and said, I would do this to illustrate this. And without missing a beat, John said that four times. We did that four times together. Oh, my gosh. So I knew wow, I'm on the same way. I'm on the same wavelength as John. That's a good thing. But also my mom's like, have you ever, you know, have you heard this before? I said, no, mom, this is just how I would teach this based off of what I know. And so, you know, I think that propelled that, that moved, you know, that was about eight years before I retired when that happened. And so, you know, then joined the team and coaching and speaking and training. It's just taken off from there. Wow. So is that is that book one of your favorite books of his or do you have a favorite book? Actually, my favorite of his is the 360 degree leader. That was my very favorite in my military career, because where I was my career, I I didn't have, you know, the play the game. Okay, Oh, I lose. I didn't have as many bar star stripes as that person. And I knew how to lead across and I knew how to lead down, but I was having trouble leading up. How do I influence up without the, without the, the rank? And that book really sealed the deal for me there. So I always talk to people about that, but my very favorite is the 15 invaluable laws of growth. He's always talking about too. personal growth, but I'm like, yeah. where's the book on it? And when he finally wrote the book, I mean, I read that book every year. I've read it 18 times now. I've only read my Bible more times as far as books go. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite. And I love to teach masterminds around that. But, mm-hmm. you know, something that something you said um, that I want to go back to before we were on the call was talking about John's faith and and how that has played a, an impact. I know when I was looking for for a certification program, I looked at several and one of them that that I looked at was was Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. And what what bothered me about Tony was just his, his use of the F-bomb, his, the, the, the stuff that he does from stage. And I just thought, I don't want to be associated with that. I don't Mm -hmm. want my name connected with that. And that was, that was one of the biggest reasons why I chose John Maxwell, JMT is because I knew that he was faith-based and you would never hear that coming out or, or even there were some videos I saw of Tony that were extremely crude. And and I thought you'll never hear that from John, mm-hmm. ever. And it's really made made an impact. And so we we you and I were talking about following his faith and John following his faith and and what that looks like. You know what what has that created for you? I'm curious. In that, in, in that impact. You know that's a great question. You know addressing the Tony Robbins situation. You know I love reading his books. His books are amazing. Yeah. Um, and I get why he does what he does in those events. Because you and I went through basic training. <laughs> it's it's a lot like basic training. Yeah. So for me, that that doesn't that environment doesn't work well for me. I mean, I'm not that I don't that I didn't learn for basic training, but being in that environment, that's just that's not my MO. 
And I'm yeah. with you being associated with John. That's definitely not John's MO. And so for me, faith is my number one priority. Number one. And so with, with John, for me, it just reminds me of that verse of, of where Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. And I feel like that's what, that's what John, John's all about. And that's, yeah. I don't know that he would say that say per se, that's how I read him. And that's why I follow him. But I want to make sure when I'm following him, that I'm not worshiping him. That the hero worship, and that that's a fine line. And that's tough because we're to be imitators, but we need to make sure that our imitation isn't idol worship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the so I've gone into some government organizations and and taught um, John John stuff. And while there's a, a ton of faith based content, it it was accepted. And I, of course, I gave up. You know, I, I said before I started teaching, look, if something in here doesn't resonate with you, just don't read it, block it out. Yeah, but this resonates with me and it, and let's take away the principles that he's. And I think that's, it's been amazing to watch how leadership principles, faith-based leadership principles get taken into schools and organizations and, and get dripped on little by little and still having that impact um, in a, in a huge way. And, and I just, that was, that's what I, I love. I love being able to go in and say, look, this if this doesn't apply to you, that's fine. There's no, you know, no offense here, but but the, the principles are powerful. Well, they are, and you know, going back to my mindset way back when I discovered John, I said, uh, you know, leadership was under that secular. Here's what I learned. Yeah, no, it isn't. It's it's sacred. Is if it's yeah. secular if it's a misapplied. Yeah, but it's sacred, and the principles are all there. And, you know, I like to share, I'll share a Bible verse every now and then in my groups. Now, and, and I say it just like I'm going to say to you right now. Hey, look, I'm going to share a principle with you from the Bible. Not because I've got Sally over here in the organ to play just as I am 64 times until you come forward and respond to this Bible verse. Okay. And, oh, it's and, about making that connection. Right. And it's the, the principle is it's applicable to, to where we are and it makes complete sense. So let me share it with you. And I share it. And then what happens? They'll say, that's in the Bible. No way. No way. What else is yeah. in there? And it goes yeah. back to my heartbeat is, you know, we're salt and light. Mm. Too often we're using salt the wrong way. We're either being offensively salty. Nobody yeah. wants to taste that. Or we are, we're using salt to be a preservative yeah, to keep us yeah. safe and protect us. And we're not using salt for what it was designed to do. The enemy uses it best. Just go to a bar. What do you see on a bar? You, you sit down at the bar and you got these bowls and in the bowls are popcorn, potato chips, pretzels, peanuts, popcorn. What are they? They're not. Yeah, they're they're not there for you to get full. They're there to make you thirsty. Thirsty for what? The drinks behind the bar. What are they called? Spirits. You keep you keep eating. You keep drinking. Eat, drink, eat, drink, eat, drink. Yeah. God's saying, hey, the enemy's using this 
but you're missing the point. You're Absolutely. my popcorn, potato chips, pretzels, and peanuts. People need to taste your salt and get hungry for my spirit. Feed off me. You uh you coming from the military background, something that I've I've always felt and and, and I'm not sure you know how you feel, but your organizations in the civilian world say, oh, we want military people because they, they make great leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and it has been my experience. There are some great leaders in the military, yeah. but there are some of the worst narcissistic leaders in the military and, and they almost outweigh the good leaders. And, mm-hmm. that, and it, one of the, one of the problems that I have is that military doesn't teach leadership. It teaches us how to manage people. And we, we can take the principles of that and, you know, look at first sergeants and, and how they have to manage and control and always checking up on people and making sure that they're where they're supposed to be on time and checking in. And we don't teach them how to be how to become independent. And a lot of times when some of these young kids get out after spending five or six years in the military, they have no idea how to navigate life because they've been told when to eat, when to get up, when to get dressed you know, check in, you can't go 250 miles without getting, getting a pass. And it's, you know, it's even as a, as a, as an 04, I'm like, I really have to get a pass. I really have to ask your permission to go, to go 250 miles. I think is the radius. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think that the more that we can instill those leadership principles and, and go back to, you know, drill instructors and go back to first sergeants and go back to officers and go, hey, start start creating leaders, teaching them how to lead so that when they leave the military, they've got a skill set. And I just, you know, some of the some of the military leaders that I've experienced have been toxic. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I I I I see a lot of times a Navy commander just got relieved yesterday of of his ship. And it's like And of course, it's, you know, they're no longer confident to lead. And that goes back to that same word. They're no longer confident to lead. What is it about them that's no longer confident? Of course, they're not going to, you know, whatever it is. But it comes back to that word. They're no longer confident to lead. And I think because we just promote without really instilling in people that leadership, you know, strategies. Right. Right. Um, you know, what it, What I've seen in my Air Force career, I've been around a lot of really great leaders. Where I, I was around some toxic ones as, as well. And what I found in, in my career with, with leadership, I feel like the military does a overall better job. Because I, when I got outside the wire, I was absolutely amazed how much that I had available to me in my Air Force career. I just assumed outside the wire, people were already doing this at a better level and the, and they're no. not. And that blew me away. And what I saw in my Air Force career is the opportunities that are available to us. Like in the Air Force, I'm enlisted. I retired in E8. You know, we've got leadership schools of all sorts at different levels. We've, you know, we've got a whole chapter in our professional development guide on leadership which was what sparked my leadership journey. Reading that just yeah. wet my appetite. I loved it. And, you know, practicing it with people and John's and actually doing it. And my mindset was always, 
be the leader I wish I had. Yeah. So, and I learned something from every leader I served under, every supervisor I ever served, I learned something from. And and putting that into my my bag. And if the leader was toxic, you know what? They may have been toxic, but I still had a relationship with them. And it was my responsibility putting on that salt again, was to be that salt for them in that moment and be that light. And even if they were, you know, I had one that was so toxic. I literally, for 90, uh, for the 60 of my 120 days in the desert, I, I saw this leader every morning, 5 a.m., I'd already cut my team loose. As soon as he walked in the door, I cut him loose because every day for the next hour, he was finding everything wrong, micromanaging, yelling, fired up and everything else about stuff that had not, that really didn't impact mission. It was just yeah. nitpicky stuff. And I can remember, you know, I'd, I'd just be a ball of stress. And the, the people that I supervised said to me, you know, hey, Sergeant LaRue, how come you're not, you know, how come you don't say anything? I said, well, here's a couple of things. Number one, I'm your buffer. He's not going to yell at y'all. He's yelling all at right. me because I'm not going to yell at you. We're all deployed. We're all away from family. We're all stressed. And this isn't worth getting on to you for. Now, I know that you guys see it. So do me a, do me a favor and come up with a system to reduce these things. So we can reduce his stress. But I also knew on the other side, he's deployed too. He's got family. There are things going on back home. There, there's something else behind the scenes that I'm not aware of, and I'm the yeah. outlet. And so you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. But at the same time, when opportunity came and he asked me certain things, I would let him know, hey, one of the things he got mad at uh, that got this person got mad at me about was um, I got time off. I gave my people time off in the desert because I told us six on one off. And I so, and, but he right. said, but then the question was, well, what about no fly days? That's a, that's a down day. Well, I want my leaders working a day. Okay. I'll work that day. Um, and you need to have one other person I'm like, great. What about time off? Well, give them time off. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them time off in conjunction with their normal day off. Because we don't have enough work here to keep us busy. Because the work I'm doing here, I'm doing by myself at home with a larger framework to deal with than what right. we're doing here. He could have told me, you know what? No, you're not. But he didn't. My guys got time off in conjunction with the time off. Nobody else did. You and and you're. I think you hit the nail on the head. That so often it's there's more going on with people, and it could be that. That's how they were taught. You know, they were they were taught how to be toxic. They were, you know, and so they if they've carried that on. But something else that there are not just in the military. There's a lot more, you know, that that are offered to the military. But there's a lot of resources that nobody takes advantage of. And it's like, you know, in the military, we there's a lot of free resources, classes, webinars. But I, I was I was ever at. Um, special forces in just outside of Pensacola, not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a, my PT test and young uh, E6 was giving me the test. And of course I'm, I'm thinking this guy is special forces. He's really going to kick my tail and hold me to a, a higher standard. And we got to talking. And so 
told me that he had just graduated from college and that he's, you know, he's been doing this and that and the other. And I said, well, why aren't you an officer? And he said, I don't want to be those guys. And then something, the next thing he said really inspired me. He said, well, all of my buddies were out drinking and going to the clubs and, and doing this and buying stuff. He goes, I was at home every night and on the weekend studying, getting my bachelor's degree. And now I'm going on to work on my master's. And he's, I mean, he just, he instilled that's that. And I said, dude, you need to be a leader. You need to be an officer. We need more officers mm-hmm. like you in the military that can instill that work ethic that's, that still go, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to put time in so that I can have time later and do what I got to do. Oh, that's so good. You know, people told me that during my career, you need to be an officer. And one of the things was, is I didn't because I saw how the chiefs, the the E-9s, how they were. And they were created, they were like equal with the colonels and the generals. Yeah. Maybe not in rank, but just in respect. And there was yeah. there was something there. And I said, you know what? I, I didn't want to do that. Plus, I was married. I had three kids at the time that came up. And, and I didn't understand completely, you know, how am I going to make money? to take care of them while I'm going to school. Cause I had some school when I came in. So I never pursued that. Um, But I, I, some of the best leaders that I served under were prior enlisted Uh, general. I think he retired to Lieutenant General, Lieutenant General Bradley Heihold, who was in charge of AFSOC. He was also at, my commander as a two-star here when I was at uh, Blacklick and loved him to death because he brought that perspective and his leadership was amazing. He wasn't a micromanager. Now yeah. I worked for some prior enlisted officers who were micromanagers because they had imposter syndrome. They they had the stripes, but they yeah. still they had the they had the bars, but they still lived in the stripes. Yeah. You are you are spot on. And and that's that's why I teach a, a master master class on imposter syndrome because I think so many people have that and they don't realize it. And, you know, and it's, and it carries over into narcissism. It carries over into, you know, micromanaging. It carries over into, you name it. And just one thing after the other. And um, so Dennis, who, who is your ideal client? Who do you just absolutely love to to work with? Wow. That's a great question. Cause I just, I love leadership at all levels, you know, the front lines to the, to the C-suite, for me, the clients that I love working for are the ones that want to have that individual one-to-one conversation, and they need that safe space to share what they can't share with anybody else. Yeah. And those are the people I want to work with because maybe it's imposter syndrome. Maybe it's a, a problem that they're having that they just, they need the outside third party to bounce it off of. I love being that that person to, to ask those questions, to get to the heart of that issue, not me getting to it, but letting them have that space to get to it. So for me, from an avatar perspective, it's hard for me to say, um, you know, what uh, occupation or, or functionality it comes with the person. And for me, it's when that spider sense tingles, it's like, I need to work with this person and I know it. I know yeah. it and they know it. So let's create that space and make it happen. Awesome. Awesome. Well, he can, how can people reach, reach you? Where can they reach you at? What, what are your, what's your availability? 
my availability, you know, they can they can reach me at uh, go to my LinkedIn page, Dennis Larue Jr. And I, I think I posted all of that, gave you all of that to, to post. So yeah, the LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me because on there is a Calendly link. And that Calendly link is a complimentary 45 minute virtual coffee so we can get to know each other because coaching is a relationship to see yeah. if there's a connection there. So you can reach me there. You can follow me on, on Facebook. But the best way to reach me really is, is LinkedIn, message me, Calendly link. Get, it's a complimentary session. We can work through that problem. If we're a fit, we'll, we'll continue and go through that process. But if not, then I've, I've got people like you and other people in my network that I will, I will make the connection for you to that coach that I believe that can really meet that right you you just that right there is so critical that i think coaches fail to do and that's refer out when that's not a good fit they try to they try to make it work i've got i've got five people in the last two weeks that have come to me that spent twenty five thousand dollars with another coach and got nothing and one of them ended up committing suicide two of them have gone bankrupt and and it just it kills me to know that there's coaches out there like that and so I love that you you believe in referring. I, I do too. I know I know my limits. I know who I can work with and who I can't. And I know where my sweet spot is. And um and so knowing that is to me is one of the most professional things that we can do as a coach is being willing to say, hey, you're not a good fit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna connect you with somebody that is. And uh and so thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, we're supposed to be all things to all men, but that doesn't mean we're supposed to do all things for all men. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dennis, I'm looking forward to connecting further. I'm headed to Germany tomorrow and, uh, but I'll still be available and I'm looking forward to connecting and seeing what, maybe we can put something together, a a mastermind or something together to do together and, and see where we can work together in the future. Oh, I would love that. That'd be a lot of fun. Thank you for having me and a safe travels to Germany as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.